Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Last First Date Radio. We are honored to be one of the top-rated shows about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships, especially in midlife. And today I am so excited to be speaking to my friend and colleague, dating and relationship coach Bobby Palmer, about how your dating rules are keeping you single. And I have to say that this is one of my favorite topics. I'm really excited to talk to Bobby about it. I, as many of you know, run a Facebook group called Your Last First Date, and today there was a lot of discussion about dating rules. Um, So if you're not Mm -hmm. part of Your Last First Date yet, I invite you to join us. And um, if you you let your dating rules um, keep you single, you're you're in for a really exciting show. Um, Every week I bring you a tip on how to be a woman of value, and this week's tip is step number six, know when to say yes. A lot of times we just say no a lot, or we we don't really know how to say no, but we also don't always know how to say yes. And when I say yes, I mean yes to opportunities, um, to um, to opportunities to, that, that come up for us um, in dating, like say yes to taking risks, emotional risks, say yes to... Um, lots of exciting things. Um, Bobby, I think you're you're on hold, but I'm hearing you. <laughs> um, so um, for some reason, I'm hearing I'm hearing noise. But um, you're going to be coming on in just a moment. So if you do want to become a woman of value who attracts her best partner, I invite you to head over to my website after the show and sign up for my new free guide, The Top Ten Reasons Why Men Pull Away or Disappear and How You Can Finally Attract and Keep the Love You Deserve. I want you to stop sabotaging your love life and start taking back your control by being a true woman of value. And now let me introduce my awesome guest today, Bobby Palmer. She is the founder and CEO of Date Like a Grown-Up. She is an internationally recognized expert who guides women who are over 40 to the peaceful, passionate partnership, that's a lot of peace, that comes with a loving grown-up relationship. She became a first-time bride in 2006 at age 47. Now she is happily married, and she walks her talk every day as she helps women do what she did. She learned how to love and be loved by a good man. She's been featured on the Today Show, the Huffington Post, NPR, Women's World Magazine, Match.com, eHarmony, ARP, numerous TV, radio, and print outlets, and you can visit her at datelikeagrownup.com. Welcome to episode number 267, How Your Dating Rules Are Keeping You Single. Hey, Bobby. Wow. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Sandy. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so I happy. I love your show, you and congratulations. Congratulations on, on helping so many women and people and um, just giving them such great information. Thank you. I'll tell you something. I have learned so much by doing this show. I get to interview experts like you and, you know, cutting-edge authors, 
people who are who are writing and talking about relationships and and you know the skills involved in having a good relationship. So I have I have gained so much as well. So um, mm. and I'm excited to have you here because you and I met a number of years ago at a matchmaking and dating coaching conference. And mm-hmm. we became fast friends. We collaborated on projects um, so much. And so here you are sharing more wisdom about dating rules. And so let's first start with, um, well, let's let's hear a little bit more about your story because I know you became a first-time bride at 47 and you help women over 40. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what changed for you that allowed you to meet your husband, Larry. Mm. Uh, really what changed for me is me. So mm-hmm. I spent, you know, about 30 years uh, dating. Well, dating or on long hiatuses, you know, I date, 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 um, get completely burnt out, you know, angry, disappointed, uh, give up, you know, do the, ah, that's okay, I'm okay being single, and then, you know, sometimes even, you know, a year or so would go by and I'd go back. So I did that for a long time. And and it was always like, you know, what's I'd go through what's wrong with me. But most of the time it was, you know, men suck. Men don't want to, you know, men don't want smart women. Men don't, you know, it's the size of my thighs. You know, all these reasons, other AKA excuses, why mm-hmm. I wasn't finding, not only was I not finding love, I was like, you know, first in first date hell. It was just, you know, I wasn't even finding, you know, short, well, I found short relationships. We might call them um, something else, like affairs, (laughs) but I I wasn't getting connection, making connection at all. And so finally, in my, you know, mid forties, after doing some personal work with, with a therapist, because at that time, there weren't coaches like us, Uh, Mm -hmm. I decided, okay, I I want this. Um, I really want this. And it was a big epiphany for me. It was like, no excuses. No, I want this, but if it doesn't happen, that's okay. Because that gives you like a get out of jail free card when it doesn't happen. It was like, Mm -hmm. I want love in my life. I want a man to share my life with. I've got to figure this out. And I realized that I was the common denominator the only thing consistent throughout 30 years of nonsense was me. And so Mm -hmm. when people ask like, what did I do? I, I learned so much about myself and the landmines I was creating for myself. And I also learned, well, some of what we're talking about today, which is, you know, let's get real about men, like enough with the, you know, ridiculous expectations, enough with the, you know, believing they should, you know, be like in the movies, enough with um, thinking that they're so dense and so superficial that they only want, you know, the pretty blonde dumb girls. Um, It's, it was all lies. And it was a lie that Mm -hmm. I wasn't lovable. It was a lie that um, I wasn't the kind of woman a man wanted. So that's probably the long answer to, um, what did I do? I, I, I did the work, and it was all internal. It was all on me. And, mm-hmm. uh, boy, did it just completely uh, – and it took me a while. It took me, you know, a few years, um, which is not what it takes 
women we work with now, right? Because we kind of, <laughs> we put together our experiences for them and teach them in, in a much more uh, sort of streamlined way. But um, it was a wonderful gift I gave myself. It was scary. It was hard. It was frustrating. Um, and ultimately, ultimately, it pretty, looking back, it was pretty easy, relatively speaking, um, based on what it brought into my life. It's the happiest. We've been, we've been together about 11 years now. I've had a really good life, but um, I'm just happy now. No matter what comes my way, I've got this partner. I've got this person that I can count on. And, and um, it's something I think every woman, every person uh, should have, should have that, mm-hmm. that experience in life. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of people don't believe it, but I love that you really saw your peace in it, and I think that's missing from so many. And I, I just I spoke to a woman today who's just getting divorced, and she's still stuck in the how can I change, my, like how can I, it's, it's a lot about him. Like is mm-hmm. it really true that he can find love with another woman and not me? What's wrong with me? Uh, or... Um, can people really fall out of love that way? And I said, you know, from what you shared with me, that really wasn't love that you had. There were so many red right. flags in the beginning. But it's like trying to, try asking the wrong questions and not working on yourself. And I said to her, you know, the only power you have is within. You know, you're not going to change him, and, and you've got to stop wasting your energy on anything that mm-hmm. has to do with him. You know, be the best you, you can be. And that's what you did. Um, which is awesome, and you have this lovely name. <laughs> yeah, and I um, and I so I, I want to say that just real quickly, the dating process, not just the, not just the end result, but the dating process when you have that self awareness and when you take that responsibility um, for your actions and your outcomes can be so lovely and so fun because men are spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is so important. So highlight, everybody listen, <laughs> listen to Bobby. Grown-up men are fantastic. You know, yeah, I mean, stop asking those questions like, why do so many men want women who are 10 years younger? And why do so many men treat women so poorly? Who cares? <laughs> there are so many other men out yeah. there who who yeah. want what you want. You know, it's like yeah, and- you, would, you wouldn't go looking for a job like that. You know, why do so many jobs want women who are nothing like me? Um, that's the wrong job. For right, you. I'll keep like, looking. Look for another job. <laughs> yeah, I'll look for the same kind of job. But the, and the thing is, too, that if there's continuity, and that's what I finally had to learn, if there's consistency, if you are meeting, you know, consistently meeting these crappy men, you're attracting them, and it's hard to hear. And even the, even when you say, okay, it's me, um, it's not just, uh, oh, okay, I'll just flirt differently or I'll just, like, learn how to uh, uh, be funnier during a date. Uh, it's, it's deeper than that. It's, it's working on what you're putting out because of your beliefs and, um, and working on that. And um, so the process true. can be actually really fun and change your whole life. Okay, I'll stop now. And empowering. I think that's another piece I want to really bring out is that when you stop giving control out to everybody else and take back your control where you can, and of course you can't control everything and let go of control where you can't, 
but but you really start to feel empowered as a dater, like fun, empowered. You get to make choices. You don't have to stay with people who don't treat you well. It's like, oh, you know, this changes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. let's talk about the difference between dating after 40 and when you're younger. That's just, just uh, if you can outline just a few of the differences, the pluses, the minuses. Sure. Sure. Um, one thing that's really different in terms of relationship is when you're dating earlier in life, you're looking for someone to, with whom you're going to build a life. So you're looking for, right, because you're, you're going to build your life together. And when you're dating after 40, you know, certainly, um, you know, because we, I work with women, I don't know, 35 to, I've got a client right now that's 73. So mm-hmm. when you're dating later in life, you're looking for someone to fit really nicely in your existing life and enhance it, right? So mm-hmm. you're not, so there's some different, as, there's some different um, uh, aspects of connection that we should pay more attention to or different attention to when we're older when we're dating later in life uh, because we have a great life already you know if you're if you don't have a great life already if you're not happy in your life already you shouldn't be looking for man you should be working on mm-hmm. you know creating a, a happy life for yourself and then looking for who you want to share it with so that's one big difference and another really big difference is you know when we're uh when we're in our 50s 60s so on we've got um layers and layers of crap. We've got all this schmutz that's been building up, you know, year after year, decade after decade, that becomes our truth, that becomes our, that seeps into our soul and into our spirit. And uh, everything from what your parents, you know, what you learned from being in your family to uh, the media you know, that's where we get that we have to be beautiful in, you know, a certain kind of beauty in order to be loved because the freaking media has shoved that down our throats for decades. And, um, and your exes and you have this identity um, that's just layers and layers of stuff that's not, like you said, Sandy, that's not about you. It's, it's all this external stuff that's been coming at you and that you believe to be true and that creates your um, truth and then your responses to opportunities that come your way, like you were talking about. I loved your say yes, by the way. Mm. Uh, so, so those layers, you know, as we go on and we start, especially when we're in a pattern of attracting the wrong men, the layers just get deeper, you know, layered on, layered on. And that's a really, I think, the biggest challenge of dating at this time in life is um, you're pretty well, you know, you're pretty well cooked. And, uh-huh. uh, and it takes real focus and real commitment to start shedding those layers and really doing the wonderful work. It's really, it's really beautiful work. And like you said, empowering to start um, really getting clear on who you really are as a woman and who you want to be as a woman, a capital W woman, and um, getting clear on what you want your, what a relationship looks like to you, what makes you happy, what you need to be happy, not 
what everybody else has told you for the last 40, 50, 60 years. Mm. And, uh, and I, I think that's a really big difference. Uh, and I, and I want to say one other thing is that um, the wonderful thing, there's so many wonderful things about dating at this time in life and finding love at this time in life, but that, that fully cooked part, that's like the good news because uh, the men you meet just like yourself, they've gone through so much life experience and learned so much. And when you're both healthy, you know, when you're both um, at a place in your life where you know what you want and you're in a position to be a good partner and to be um, open to real connection, then there's, it's such a beautiful connection uh, with two grown-ups, with two adults that come together and are looking for the same thing and working toward the same thing. There's just nothing like it. That's a real true partnership. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I personally, I'm still dating after my divorce, and I find that the men I meet, I have deeper connections. I am showing up more authentically. I am enjoying the process so much more than I did when I was younger, and it's mm-hmm. largely because of who I became, just like you said before. <laughs> um, just comfortable with myself and. I used to really judge myself so harshly about, you know, how I look through the lens of other people, especially men. <clears throat> when we let go of that, I mean, I still remember when I got divorced, I thought men were going to think I was too old looking and had too many wrinkles and I, you know, my body would be rejected because I had children and nurse babies and I it's like ridiculous. I, you know, I'd be happy yeah. to look like I did 10 years ago. Um when I thought I looked <laughs> bad. <laughs> Yeah, um, and, it's but, not and they about don't, they don't care, do like. they? No, they don't. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. and I don't think I was ever really told I was beautiful until after my divorce. I mean, that's the, mm-hmm. that's the crazy thing. Um, mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about the rules so we get that in before that's yeah. the topic of our talk today. Um, yeah. What are the rules? Um, you, you have five rules that women are holding on to that keep them from finding love, from finding their life partner, and even from having fun on dates. What are those five rules? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, let's talk about them. And we kind of already are because this is part of these layers, these truths, right, that we have um, internalized and have become uh, sort of our our guidance system. And uh, it's time to unlearn. This is about, like, unlearning. And as, you know, my background is in adult education, and unlearning is actually kind of is more – challenging than learning. So you've been learning all these years. Now I'm going to ask you to open up and be, be open to the possibility that what you believe to be true is wrong. Because <laughs> we hate being wrong. I hate being wrong. I hate it. Uh, so unlearning is about having to be open to the possibility that what you believe to be true is wrong. So I'm going to sort of lay that foundation first. Mm-hmm. So the first rule is he needs to chase me. So we've learned a long time ago that men love to chase. And uh, this was true when we were younger. Uh, When men are, you know, guided by their testosterone and guided by their ego and nature, because nature tells them to chase, that's, that's their sort of natural instinct. It was true that men wanted to chase. And that goes back to, remember the book, of course, the rules, right? It was all about Mm -hmm. letting him chase you. Okay. It's bullshit now. <laughs> it's when, we're, when men, as men age and as they mature and as their testosterone lowers, uh, 
And as they achieve in life, the chase becomes less and less attractive. Remember, they've been chasing a long time. Uh, for every time, for instance, think about like how we feel about rejection, right? How, how crappy it is. And for every time we've been rejected, a man has been rejected like a hundred times. So by mm-hmm. the time a man's, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old, they're over it. They know what they want. The kind of man you want, ladies, you know, he knows what he wants. He knows how to get it. And he's not going to go after you if you are not showing him that he can succeed. So mm-hmm. dump the rule he has to chase you. And what that looks like in real life, they still want to take the lead. They still want to be the man. But what it looks like in real life, just, you know, for lack of, for, for timing's sake, you know, my, um, what I want to tell you is show interest, but don't take the lead. That's what you're aiming for. So in other words, uh, when you dump the rule he has to chase you, what that means is you have to take some responsibility, there's that word again, to show him your interest and let him, so he will ask. Instead of Uh being, oh, no, I'm not interested because you think that's going to attract him. And the man that's going, it is going to attract when you expect him to chase you. And, and unfortunately, I think we all have had this experience. You'll tell me, Sandy, the guy at, at 55 or 60 that chases is the guy who does it to win. And he's still uh-huh. stuck in his ego. And that's where you get the guys who are, who are controlling and narcissistic. And it's all about the chase and it's all about winning. And um, that's not the man you want. Yep. Yeah, and also if people have read the attachment styles, the person mm. who is chased is the avoidant, the one who is actually usually emotionally unavailable, the one who avoids intimacy. Um, women who are anxious attachment, and I've done shows about this if you want to look them up, um, but they will feel really anxious when the person starts to pull away, and so that creates that you know that cycle of I. I get more anxious, I push harder, you you run away more, and that just creates incredible anxiety. And a sign of a good relationship is not anxiety, it's comfort, it's feeling good when you're with them and without them. Um, so I just wanted to stick that in there too because I think yeah, that the rule book is really so based important. on that attachment style, which is just, you know, it's playing a game in order to get the person who is playing a game with you which mm-hmm. ends up, you know, you're inauthentic in trying to get to hook a guy. And then when you get him, you show him who you really are. And he's like, who the hell are you? That's not who I really <laughs> That's right. want. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Those, those are the way, yeah. The, you you uh, uh, twist like a pretzel and then you snag him and then, yeah. And, and that's like reminds me Einstein's quote, which I don't have exactly. Um, and if you haven't watched the series Einstein on Netflix, it's like amazing. Um, Einstein's oh. quote um, Women marry men hoping they'll change. Men marry women hoping they won't. So both uh-huh. are endlessly disappointed. Yeah. Nice. Um, good. A very smart man. I didn't know there was a Netflix show. Wow. All right. We'll talk about that later. Oh, it's great. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um, rule number okay, two. Rule number next rule. <laughs> next rule <laughs> is um, that, you, that he needs to impress you, right? That you expect him to wow you, that you expect him to... Uh, to what's what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, my brain's just went blank. I'm sorry. 
I have to go you now. Like when when you over, like, like he's like you, gonna you, you know be Prince Charming kind of person. Yeah. Well, um, so so I'll describe it, and you'll know exactly what I mean. To court uh-huh. you, you expect him to court you. Okay. okay. Right okay. off the top, like right from the beginning, right. So it's the the man needs to win you over, um, and again that goes to the rules. Um, and things like, so this rule goes to, again, goes to the feeling that they have to do all the work and you get to just sort of sit back and like enjoy it, right? And that's not yeah. how it is when you're both, you know, uh, you know, you're both smart, accomplished, you know, happy adults. That's not how it works. So when you, so you have to think about the different phases of you know, the development of a, of a potential relationship. So for instance, when we're dating online, um, and most of us are, that's where I met my husband. When we're dating online, so many of my clients expect men from the first email to like show this amazing interest, like to show real clear interest. And um, that's not the reality. So for instance, they haven't even met you yet, and men really need to be in your presence to start making that connection. Mm-hmm. So if you expect him from the very first email, from the very first phone call to impress you, then you're already starting out with a lot of disappointment, a lot of disappointment. Mm-hmm. And when you take that further into dating, uh, there's a difference between a man who is clearly trying to make you happy and a man who's trying to wow you or a man who's trying to impress you. And that, that rule that he's got to be, do some sort of, um, put on some sort of show for you, like prove mm-hmm. something to you, is, bec- is based on a list of, a whole other list of rules that you probably have of what he has to be, right? Your list of your must-haves. Like, he's got to be this smart. He's got to have this kind of conversation. He's got to be this educated. He's got to be this tall. All these rules mm-hmm. that you have, these kind of sub rules that when he's all that, then he'll impress you. Then he'll wow right. you. Then they're not realistic. They're totally ignoring the idea that he's a person too. Um, he's not there for your enjoyment and for your pleasure. Well, eventually he will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is like an expectation um, that will have you saying no to so many potentially really good men. So like your yes, Sandy, mm-hmm. um, it's all about being able to look for, look for what makes you feel good. Don't look for a list of things he needs to do to impress you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel with him? That's the bottom line. How do you feel with him? And does he show potential to have your must-have feelings? And get rid of that list that you have of what impresses you and what doesn't. Like he has to take you out to dinner this way. He has to say this when he emails you. Those are all, those are all why so many men are disappointing you. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I, I just had this conversation with my mother because um, I'm dating a guy who's very bright and went to the best schools, and that impresses her. And when mm-hmm. I'm with him, I don't feel energized. I feel kind of draggy. Um, really nice guy, but it's like kind of... Mm, <laughs> and 
And mm. that's important to me. So yeah, I've gone out with him twice. I think I'm going to go out with him one more time and do something fun and energizing to see if it changes. But the fact that he went to a, a good school doesn't mean anything to me. Like I, I, yeah. Intelligence to me is so much more than a degree that you have. It has to do with how do we converse together? What What are you interested in today? Um, you know, are you are you engaged in learning and growing? That's so much more important than the fact that you went to an Ivy League school or you got your PhD. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely a must. Like on so many of our lists, that I, oh, I, I agree with you. Totally irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. Yeah, and and a lot of times, so it's it's what things represent to somebody. So if, you know, you can take it and peel it back. And I'm sure this is what you do with clients as well. When somebody lists something in their must-have list, like he has to own a home or he has to be in a Mm -hmm. C-suite, it's usually representative of something that happened in their past, and it it, it means something else to them. And that's what I always like to peel back. Um, You know, is it important for you to feel that he's financially responsible? Okay, but don't just look for it in home ownership. It's going to show up in other ways, too. Um, yes, okay. exactly. Rule number three, because we are getting close to time here. <laughs> Rule number three, um, he needs to be able to talk about his feelings. Uh, this is something I see a lot. I see it when you read profiles, a lot of women's profiles, you know, and um, when I ask women what they, what they want from a man, I want a man who's, who can talk about his feelings. So... Um, <laughs> If you hold that rule, again, you're going to be consistently disappointed. So remember that men and women are not only uh, physiologically different and their nature is different, but social, socially we're very different, right? So the idea of there are men that can talk about their feelings. And even those men that have done the work, because they have to learn how to do it, they don't do it naturally, and they've been conditioned throughout life to not do that. And then they meet a woman who's like, tell me how you're feeling. What are you thinking? Uh, it could, their head can explode. It can really, um, they have to literally learn how to do that. So if you expect a guy to show up like that, initially, like, you know, from the get-go, then it's a rule that is going to, again, keep you single for a very long time. There are exceptions, obviously. There are exceptions. Uh, and the thing is, you don't want a guy to show up, you know, crying on the first date either. So we sort of want it both ways. Like we want him to talk about his feelings, but only when it's comfortable for us. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So we don't think he's a sissy. Right. So what's really important is uh, giving him, being the woman that gives him the space and that gives him the comfort to be able to talk about his feelings. Uh, we do it, women, you and I, Sandy, you said we were fast friends. Heck yeah. Like we were like, boom, (laughs) right in there. Uh, Mm -hmm. men don't do that with each other. There's no, you know, you don't get men like going out to, you know, a guy calling another guy going, Hey dude, like I had a really, you know, this woman broke up with me. Like, can we go have dinner and talk about it? Like, no. (laughs) Can we go to dinner and not talk about it? Not what they do. (laughs) Yeah. They do. They, they, uh, talk about their feelings when it's safe for them. And usually that safety comes with when they're with a woman, with a, a, an, an intimate partner. So don't mm-hmm. expect that something, don't make that a rule right off the top. 
because again you're going to be very disappointed and um give him this give him the space and the feeling of safety to do it by sharing yours first mm-hmm. by being open and authentic and vulnerable with him and show him that it's safe to do and he will do it if he's the right match for you mhm that's such an important one they're all important but i love this one <laughs> Uh, okay, number four. <laughs> um, he needs to know what makes me happy. <laughs> he needs to know what I want. He needs to know what I like. If he doesn't, he's not paying attention or he's not that into me. So this is a really simple rule to bust, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Men are not mind readers. No one's a mind reader. And because of the differences, especially because of the differences in men and women that, you know, we just talked about, um, expecting him to read your mind, expecting him to know what you like and what you want is like way out in left field, way out in left field. So uh, that, that rule that you have of I need to see that he's paying attention so when he asks me out to dinner that third time, You know, he gets that, like, my favorite food is such and such or whatever. Um, Uh Not a realistic rule. Men respond really well to direct um, communication about what makes you happy. And if if you have to tell him and he does it, he still gets credit. He still he still gets like an A plus. He doesn't like his grade shouldn't go down because you had to say, you know what? Like my favorite food is sushi. I'd love to go get sushi. No. And then he goes and finds a great sushi place. That's not a C because you had to tell him. It's mm-hmm. really, really important. Um, this is like the number one complaint that men have about women is that we expect them to read our minds. So Oh yeah. A really quick example, if you're, and I get this all the time with women that I'm coaching, uh, you plan a date and he asks you where you want to go. And mm-hmm. I hear this all the time, like, oh, I really like when a man takes the lead. That so turned me off. Like, he should make the plans. It's like, okay, so that's a rule that he should wow you, and that's your rule that he should know what makes you happy. And the fact is, he's probably asking you because he wants to make you happy, and the best way to do that is to ask you what you want to do. So that's actually a man who's being considerate and who's actually doing the right thing to make you happy. So there you yeah, go. Good one. Yeah. All right, and number five, drum roll, please. <laughs> he, will, he will initiate sex or he will initiate uh, affection even when I'm ready. And if he doesn't, then I'm out of here. I'm out of there. So mm-hmm. there's, right, so there's, there's this rule. And this isn't something maybe you've written down, but it's something that uh, I had a, a client yesterday that I was talking to that went out on a date. It's a second date. And um, he put his arm around her um, and kind of rubbed her shoulder. And uh, it really turned her off. Like, that's it. I'm not going out with him again. Like what made him think that I was ready for that? And Mm -hmm. that's it. So it's kind of in the lines of expecting him, you know, he has to like know what makes me happy, but Mm -hmm. it's particularly around intimacy and sex. 
So yeah. remember that men are men and men are sexual. And also remember at this time in life, a lot of women, um, many of us, uh, postmenopausal, um, uh, have different reactions to sex maybe than we did when we were in our 20s and 30s, speaking uh, from my own my personal experience. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, the man doesn't, a man, when a man's attracted to you, he's going to want to touch you. When a man's attracted to you, he's going to want to be affectionate. And yes, he's going to want to be intimate. But your rule that he has to know when it's appropriate, when it's not, is, um, again, just going to keep you disappointed. All you need to do is know what you want and what your boundaries are and what you need before that happens and how to, you need to know how to communicate it to him. And mm-hmm. I've had so many times when a woman has said, you know, Bob, um, I really like you. I, I'm, not, I'm not ready for that yet. And the man has just been like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, let me know when you are. Yeah. And they wait. Yep. The right men wait. The wrong men get pissed off and right. storm out. Exactly. And that's good information. Exactly. Right. And you want to know yep. that early on. That's yeah, right. these, are, these are great. I love how clear these rules are. And I am going to post this in the show notes. So if anybody wants to see a recap, it will be up in my blog. And um, Bobby, I, I mean, we could talk for hours, obviously, which we often <laughs> would. But given that the show is only a half hour, we're already over by seven minutes. Um, how about we – I know you have a free gift for our audience, so would you like to share that? I do. Um, I do a monthly webcast, a uh, free webcast that I'd like to invite you to. If you go to datelikeagrownup.com, slash G-G-N-O. It's called Grown Up Girls Night Out. So datelikeagrownup.com slash G-G-N-O. And when you register, you'll instantly get access to my current uh, webcast, and you'll be invited to every free webcast thereafter. It's once a month, uh, a different topic every month. Awesome. Um, well, thank you, Bobby, for coming on the show, for sharing your dating wisdom, for the dating rules that are keeping people single as somebody bangs in your background. <laughs> um, I'm so and, sorry uh, they're fixing my roof. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're, we're trying to hammer home the points here. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for, for doing this beautiful work that you do out in the world with helping women over 40 have happier, more passionate love lives. And um, thank you. My pleasure is so great, Sandy. I love you. Love you too, Bobby. And thank you all for listening today. And I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. 